sight In the darkness is the light Out of the shadows of my life In the darkness is the light Welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. And tonight we are talking about the season two finale, the last good question mark episode of the series. And um, we are talking about Twin, which is episode 39, production order 226, the last real Fiona episode. I think we have uh, all have a lot to say about this one. It's a pretty pivotal moment in so weird history. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when people remember the show, this is one of the episodes that comes to mind. Especially thinking back on how heavily this episode was promoted, because I still remember seeing the commercials for playing on Disney so often. Yes, the behind-the-scene featurette, like the, the two-minute-long featurette that explained the CGI at the end of the episode was shown constantly. Yeah, I remember that, too, because I don't remember much about season one and two, watching it as a kid, but I definitely remember that when they go up the elevator and they show the green screen of the floor where <laughs> Fee's hanging off the ledge. And I yeah. remember the, uh, like, I believe they were, like, white dots on the wall where the three-headed specter demon thing comes through. I know. I thought that was so cool as a kid. That was, like, my first glimpse into green screen, that promo. <laughs> and now looking at the CGI, I'm like, that was so bad. <laughs> well, it looks like CGI that a TV show in the early 2000s could afford. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I definitely absolutely remember that little featurette there is that survived is that on youtube somewhere it was at one point it was in terrible quality i would love to see it in good quality again yeah it's still up but i'm just amazed because it aired so much and yet there isn't a good quality version of it out there yet on youtube well like so many things to do with the show (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess we should probably talk about what twins actually about yeah so Surprise, surprise, we're talking about twins. And do they have some sort of special supernatural connection that bonds them together that could survive anything, even death? Yeah, uh, so Fiona and Molly are... Well, Molly's in New York to film a performance for a late-night talk show, and they are visiting with um, her her you know late husband, Rick's sister, Rachel. Twin and sister. Fiona, hmm? Twin sister, Twin yes. Sister. Of course, very important detail. And uh, Fiona is spending the night with her her uh, aunt, and she awakes to see that Aunt Rachel is writing, or all well, her hands are moving strangely in her sleep. She puts a pencil between her fingers and finds out that she is doing something called automatic writing, which is when your hand appears to write without any input from your mind, and she's drawing these strange symbols. Eventually, we discover that this was a special twin code that Rick and Rachel cooked up when they were kids. And Fiona believes that her father is sending her messages from the other side, and it leads to a skyscraper there in the middle of the city, in a city that is definitely New York and not somewhere in Vancouver. And <laughs> um, and then, well, some shit goes down. So <laughs> yeah. Did I miss anything? <laughs> no, it's a good on? general synopsis. One thing that is mentioned early on is the idea that they're pressuring Molly to sing Love is Broken. And that's special because everybody thought that it was a premonition of Rick's death. 
because she wrote it before he died, and it sounds eerily similar to the way that he died. Yeah, if you actually look at the lyrics for Love is Broken, there's some pretty heavy uh, foreshadowing going on there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Aunt Rachel and Fee are talking to her, like, you know, was it really a premonition? And, um, of course, like, Molly doesn't believe that she has premonitions, but she always says that she gets feelings. So she said that, I think she was, like, walking outside of New York with Rick, and she got a feeling. Actually, it's interesting to note that when you compare the actual script for the show, and then when you watch the episode, Molly's line about saying, I don't think it was a premonition, got cut from the show. Like, the most important parts of this episode, in terms of, like, backstory and getting into that weird stuff, got cut because of Disney. Yeah, well, we should mention that we have procured a copy of the original screenplay for this episode, and we will be mentioning that all throughout, because there are um, some interesting differences, especially as we uh, get near the end of this episode. Um, Such a treat, I just have to say, because, I mean, we've heard for years that the ending to um, Twin was different originally than what aired, and now we have proof very exciting. Yeah, you know, because of that yeah. script, we can get a peek into maybe a little bit of what the tone of the fabled original season three might have been like. I really like this episode. It's long been in my top five, but if there was a flaw to it, I would say that the character Derek is that flaw. I don't know if it's the actor or if it's the lines he was given, but he just, it doesn't feel like an authentic person to me. This is the talk show host. No, this is oh. the guy that uh, is... The working, record company. Yeah, um, working with the record oh, company and trying okay. to get Molly to talk about the accident. And he just... I don't know. It's like he's so cheery, but saying like a, such awful things. Yeah, he's like a caricature. Well, you know... He's very corporate to me. Yeah, the shitty corporate stooge is almost a trope you know i mean um, he reminded me a lot of the movie bolt and the tv agent in that who's also a huge asshole it's kind of a uh, common reoccurring troop in children's television this uh, studio executive agent person who's just a huge asshole (laughs) a big insensitive dork and uh, this guy certainly is yeah i thought he played the role perfectly i mean trying to get a, a woman to discuss her husband's sudden death on a talk show is uh Pretty crappy, you know. It's not nice. And the, the you can clearly tell that it's for the sake of profiting it because everybody loves a good sob story. Well, it's also in there, you know, to let the audience know, give them a crash course, so to speak, reminder of what happened to Rick. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I didn't intend that. And um, <laughs> just uh, <got> it. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and to set up what's obviously some of the things that are going to be happening in the last act of the episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so obviously we know Molly is having premonitions now. She has magical powers. <laughs> yeah, and it's really interesting to actually see it in the script the way it's described. And she compares it to like a puddle almost. And like the way that things happen. But she can't do anything about them. Yeah. But she can sense them happening before they do. Yeah, the little uh, line about the puddle. I did that. Uh, that got cut. That wasn't in the final version that was it that's in the script right. but not in the episode um and then you know you look at the the mid stanza of love is broken where she's talking about putting the kids to bed why her husband's gone and uh, to the point where i wonder you know how did molly 
get this permission, write this song, go home, you know, go through the process of recording it, putting it on the album. Nobody saw any red flags here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You got to wonder how Rick would have felt about that song. Yeah. I mean, how aware of was Rick of what was happening? I mean, we know that he knew a little bit about something coming. So, hmm. Wondering. Yeah. I never thought about that. Ancient. So weird backstory. We can, explore more that's some fan fiction fodder you know for the the thriving so weird fan fiction community that's out there did any of you guys have a alphabet code symbol thing when you were younger i did i did too (laughs) i don't know if i had a one myself but i definitely remember seeing them you know i think we might have made one in like kindergarten class or something i don't think i did but I kind of did interesting things with my letters, you know, put little dots around them and swirls on the ends. Oh. <laughs> did you ever make the eyes, the dots on your eyes, hearts, Emily? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Every girl I went to school with did that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I really think the twin code is so cool. And unfortunately, we don't have a complete version of it. Yeah, I really love the way that they actually created, like, one of those arts and crafts type things with the wheel that actually spins. Like, when I created my code as a kid, I just wrote it on a blank sheet of paper. And it was really (laughs) boring. Yeah, I definitely did that. I cooked up my own little pretend alphabets, yeah. So, um, but I didn't have a fancy wheel, no. (laughs) I love in this episode how... Fee is so passionate about the code, trying to get Rachel to like explain it. Like uh, something that I like is the scene in, when they're gonna watch Molly perform in the studio, and how Rachel is getting another message, and um, Rachel's like, "I don't, I don't know the code, or I don't have the code with me." But Fee like memorized it. It just shows like how passionate she is about this, and also because it's a connection to Rick as well. I really like how I can see so much of Jack and Rachel. Like, she's so logical, and when Fee's trying to convince her, oh, hey, Aunt Rachel, you wrote this while you were sleeping, she was like, well, these symbols aren't ancient anything. It's just my brain telling me that I need to get some rest because I'm super stressed out at work. And she comes up with these logical explanations. It seems very Jack-like. Yeah, kind of a mad makes you imagine uh, Rick and Rachel having a very similar dynamic to Jack and Fiona did when they were kids. Um, and also I want to point out that I think the uh, writing, their code, it's a little vaguely Celtic looking, isn't it? Just me? No? Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure what Celtic writing looks like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that either. <laughs> well, I just thought it was a little interesting considering the role Celtic lore plays in, you know, the backstory of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I like uh, Iris Quinn as Aunt Rachel. She gives a good performance and it's nice to see that character. Yeah, I like her too. Um, but at the beginning, her first lines, it sounds like she's putting on an accent. Have you all ever noticed that? Hmm. Her R's sound, I don't know, it sounds like she's trying to sound Irish or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she says, uh, oh, guys like that try to make everything about hooks and PR because they don't understand art. You see, I'm getting more pirate than Irish from that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what it is, but it's it's very noticeable and a little distracting just at the beginning. But yeah, she's great. And, you know, it's cool seeing uh, Rachel because um, apparently Molly thinks that uh, Rachel says some things that remind her of Rick. So it's kind of like 
we're learning a little about Rick by seeing Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. And that actress, Iris Quinn, has shown up in a couple of things over the years. Been lots of television, X-Files, stuff like that. She's been in a couple of movies, uh, Hideaway, The Possession, Slither, bit parts here and there. She was in one of the Twilight things. You know, good for her. <laughs> she did an episode of Supernatural. Lots of lots of Canadian television. And, um, you know, the thing with uh, automatic writing, do we have any thoughts on that as an actual phenomenon? Has anybody experienced automatic writing in their lives? No. I've only I only <laughs> heard about it in So Weird, and I don't think I've really seen it much in other shows or mystery stuff that I watch. Well, it comes up a lot when it comes to spiritualism and stuff like that. Of those people who acknowledge it at all usually say it's a result of the idiomatic oh, what is it? Idiomatic something idiomatic hand motions all oh, damn it's the same thing that makes legion boards oh, move. okay yeah yeah it's your unconscious hand movements you're not even aware of uh so as far as we know there's really no basis in actual <laughs> science about what you know people getting messages from the dead with automatic writing but what about twins does anybody have any experiences with kooky crazy quinn twins no no jesus i'm <laughs> i'm really on a ball tonight aren't I? <laughs> well <laughs> no I feel like I have a psychic with my sister sometimes, but we're not twins. Uh, one of my closest friends in high school had a twin sister, and sometimes they would trade places and go to their own, go to each other, each other's classes, and see if anybody noticed. So nobody ever did. Hmm. Going back to that point that you just made, comparing automatic writing to a Ouija board, mm -hmm. that reminds me. Towards the end of the script for this episode, when Fee and Rick meet on the roof. And if he asks him about the messages, Rick reveals in the original script that he wasn't sending her any messages. It was a devious spirit that was trying to lure her up there in order to hurt her. I thought that was a brilliant twist. And it also makes this seem less like automatic writing and more like Rachel had been possessed. Demonic like possession. Possessed somehow. <laughs> forcing her to do that. Like it wasn't coming from her. It also explains how those symbols got on the outside of the building. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, since it clearly these entities can manipulate physical space. It also makes the episode make more sense. Because if you think about, you know, the episode that aired, like why would Rick send these messages to Fee to go up on the rooftop? Because if she never did that, those evil demons wouldn't have like pushed her off the ledge. Well, as far as I can figure, he wanted to contact his daughter for whatever reason, and maybe this action caused the other thing to happen. Maybe the uh, other spirits were aware of this and were trying to use this as an opportunity to attack Fiona, or maybe the evil spirits were going to attack her anyway, and her dad wanted to protect her. I have no idea. Yeah, in the episode, uh, Rick says that, like, he wanted to meet her basically because he felt like it wasn't fair that she didn't have any memories of him. And he goes, now you have memories too, which always kind of makes me laugh because her memories of him are now of this demon <laughs> coming out of the wall. <laughs> this traumatic like, experience of almost dying. Yeah. Right. Such great memories. Um, I guess we should really just go ahead and talk about the original ending. Cause it's, it's what we all want to talk about anyway. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, Wait, the ending well, that aired, too, because we haven't really touched on it at all. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say 
there's like sometimes there's little lines for example uh like keep the faith and stuff like that that i really like about the show and in this episode i like the secret time secret places thing mm-hmm. like as a, just a special line that rick and rachel i guess would say to each other yeah, yeah. Sweet. um okay so who wants to explain the original ending because i don't feel like going for it i, I think i'm betting it's cat do you want to do you want to do that cat <laughs> Okay, well, first off, (laughs) let's go with the ending that we all saw on TV growing up. In the ending that we saw on TV, she and Rachel go up on this rooftop together because the messages told them to, but nothing's there. So after looking around, they go to leave, and after Rachel leaves, the door slams shut behind her and she tries to open it, but it won't budge. So this crazy three-headed demon thing comes out of a wall. Fiona looks at it screams, runs away, while love is broken, is playing. The thing pushes her off the roof, and she's going to fall. Rick, uh, not Rick, Jack and Rachel try to lean out a window to pull her into safety, but they're way too far away, and it was never going to happen. So mm-hmm. Ghost Rick shows up to save the day. Ghost ghost Dad. <clears throat> yeah, Ghost Dad <laughs> saves the day. And we've touched on this a little bit about how he just wanted to meet her so that she can have memories, too. And they say their tearful goodbye, and it ends kind of bittersweet. In the original ending, it was the same thing at first, with Rachel and Fee up on the rooftop. Fee looking for Rick, not finding him. They decide to go. An interesting touch is that originally we were supposed to see Fee checking the time, looking for the exact time where it was on the letter. And at first they got there a little too soon, as was in the message like 10 minutes early, so I guess that's when nothing happened. And once the door slams shut, there was another line said where as the three-headed ghost comes out, it would spell out the words, die on the wall at Fiona. And first yeah. of all, how do you guys feel about that? Because I feel it's pretty cheesy. I think it definitely would have looked cheesy with the CGI that they were using. It would have looked mm. really bad. You know, as edgy as the show was allowed to get for the Disney Channel, I cannot even then, I cannot imagine them actually having a demon come out of a wall and tell its teenage girl protagonist she is, they, you know, they are going to kill her. She is going to die. I mean, I know that, like, back in the day, around the same time, you know, Cartoon Network would have to censor the anime they show because they wouldn't even let them use the word die or kill. They always had to say destroy or sent to another dimension. And uh, so it would really, it would kind of surprise me to see that in the screenplay. And the script, we actually get the name of this entity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's called uh, Nyx in X. And what that made me think of is in Greek mythology, the goddess of the night is Nyx with a Y in the middle. So I wonder if that was an intentional reference or not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's referred to as the unholy trinity, which is very appropriate. Um, I like the description it gives in the original script because it's hard to tell what it's supposed to look like in the episode because the CGI is so bad, but it's described as three floating torsos with one ghostly tail with swirling black holes where their, their faces should be. So I, I thought that was nice. That yeah, sounds it, scary. Yeah. And what we saw, it sounds like the ghost face from scream. <laughs> yeah in execution it kind of does look like a cgi three cgi ghost faces fused together mm-hmm. but um 
I think for me as a kid, <laughs> I think I would have liked the whole die thing because I would have been like, whoa, now it's getting pretty crazy and dark. <laughs> this is edgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And- I thought it was really interesting because over the years I heard rumors that in the original ending it wasn't Fee that was supposed to fall off the roof, it was supposed to be Rick. But then to actually see in the script, Fee was pushed off the edge at first. So it was similar to what we saw with Rick pulling her up. But then instead of going into that tearful, oh, now you have memories too, yay family reunion. We instead saw Rick warning her about that those messages were not from me evil lured you here and giving her this little lecture on the supernatural about how evil forces do exist in this world and they are trying to hurt you being that was pretty cool yeah and i guess um you know and then it goes on with uh, rick wrestling with this three-headed entity and falling into a portal together yeah and the way they describe it it was taking all of rick's strength to pull Fiona up the first time for him to take on a corporeal being. And then the entity was there to kill Fiona. And he even told Fiona, like, you are going to die. And it tried again to push her off the rooftop, but Rick was supposed to, like, contort his face in pain, kind of go all He-Man out and get his body back for that (laughs) moment to intercept the lunge and then the race or the demon would tackle Rick off the rooftop, taking him presumably to hell. Yeah, and the original script is a really downbeat ending. I mean, it's raining. First off, Fiona is crying, and her teardrops are lost in the rain like the end of Blade Runner. And, Hmm. you know, her and her brother go off together, and it feels like, well, you know, the heroes have not won this one. This This is a loss for the good guys. And it's actually a pretty bleak ending for a season finale for a kid's show. Yeah, and then they also mentioned that at the end of Molly's performance of Love is Broken, that we would see that Molly would have tears on her face as well. Yeah, and in the episode that aired, it looks to me like she might be crying at the end. That If that was the way it was supposed to be for the original script as well. Like, they didn't change her performance any once they refilmed it, which we should point, point out the original ending was filmed. Ooh. (laughs) So that footage is out there somewhere. It is. Mm. Locked away in a Disney vault. Who's going to break in? (laughs) 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 But I I noticed that too. And as I was watching, I kept like pausing it to see because the way it is, like they zoom out on Molly in the final shot and they fade out before you really get to see closely, but it does look like she's crying a little bit. And then at that final shot of Jack, Fee, and Rachel walking away on the rooftop, you see Jack's arm around Fee, and you can't see one of her arms. It looks like one of her hands would be on her face because she was crying. Mm -hmm. So maybe they did keep the original shots for that, just edited it so that you couldn't really tell. Yeah, that seems likely to me. Um, I didn't know they had actually filmed that original ending. I want to see footage of Rick's actor struggling with a tennis ball and a stick as he falls off the <laughs> roof there. Um, oh, and, yeah. Uh, wow, that's cool. Uh, should and Now, I've always heard that the reason they changed the ending is because they knew at this point that Kara was interested in leaving the show. Now, is that true? 
it, the way it's described in the FAQ, it was a combination of reasons. It was like this during the filming of this episode, everything went to hell in a handbasket because Kara decided she wanted to leave during the filming of this episode, like midway through. And then at the same time, Disney, I guess, was watching the filming and was thinking, whoa, guys, this is taking things too far. We need to lighten this up. So that's the way I understand it from the FAQ is that both of those things happened in tandem, apparently. Or, you know, that's the way the, that John Cooksey wrote it, maybe to just, I don't know, not make it too dramatic, you know. Yeah. <laughs> not take sides, at least. I mean, it would make sense if events progressed in the way that, you know, we got the news, Disney wanted to maybe soften the show up, take season three in a different direction. That might have led to the lead actress wanting to leave the show and all the changes that underwent then. But that apparently is not what happened. You know, that's always that's always sort of the narrative that I wrote in my head based on what we got. But from yeah, from what we've read, apparently that is not what happened. These two events were not related anyway yeah but the ending as it exists now how what do we think of all of that the ending that went to air like do we like that ending would we have rather seen the other one you know after i read the script it made me grateful for the ending that aired because at least it felt like everything was wrapped up and at least the season two ended on a good note to see if he reunited with her father i really do wish we could have gotten the whole season three the way it was intended and we could have seen the storyline with Rick and Fee go the full mile, but for what it's worth, they did a good job wrapping it up. Um, yeah. For me, you know, uh, if the episode had ended the way they originally had and things had played out the way they did with season three, that would have been even more disappointing. Can you imagine? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> and knowing now the behind the scenes story, watching this episode, you can see that it was sort of a hasty rewrite where they were trying to take an ending that was originally open and give a little sense of conclusion there with the relationship between Fiona and her father at the very least. And it feels a little sloppy. And I got to tell you, watching this as a kid, the thought never occurred to me that this was an attempt to kind of put in a, a bow on the emotional arc of the characters. I really thought like, okay, well, that was cool. When does season three start? You know, and, <laughs> you know, I, I still wanted to see resolution to the mysteries and things they had set up throughout season two. Um, but watching it now, knowing all of this, knowing what would come, uh, it's still pretty good i think they did the best they could with the situation as it played out and i appreciate the attempt to at least give us some sense of finality yeah also there is another children's show that this reminds me of strange days at blake holsey high that was canceled too soon so to try to rectify the situation because they were canceled before they could finish all their loose ties the creator of the show opted to go in the darkest route possible and the series finale ended with the main protagonist basically ending the world and finding herself in this terrible alternate dimension. Bitchin'. That strategy worked for those guys, and they did end up getting like a three, an extra three episodes combined into like a little TV movie for them to wrap up the loose ends. But I feel like if So Weird had gone with the original twin ending, and then we didn't get that, and we just got the season through that we ended up with, it, it would have been terrible. 
Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure it would have played out awfully, but it is interesting to think that if they had gone with the original ending, maybe it would have, maybe we wouldn't have gotten season three as it was originally imagined, but maybe we would have gotten a better ending to Fiona's story arc than Lightning Rod. Yeah. Yeah. If it had ended the way it was supposed to originally, uh, fans would have been protesting, I'm pretty sure. If season three started up with the giving everything up and it all over to Annie, everyone would have been super angry. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, who's to say, but uh, I don't know if Disney was getting angry letters in 2001 when, you know, Annie came on and the show's tone completely changed. Uh, I know I was annoyed watching as a kid. Um, it's sort of fun to think there was even then roving bands of angry protesting. So weird fans annoyed at <laughs> Disney's injustice. Yeah. Alas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a conversation we need to shelve for next time. Oh boy, I guess that is the next episode, isn't it? Oh, oh, good, happy days. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, overall, what do we think of this episode like all together? I mean, putting aside everything we know with the original script, the original ending, everything that it was meant to set up, just as a standalone episode of So Weird, how does Twin hold up? I think it's high up there because. I mean, it has that little phenomenon about the automatic writing. And I just, I really love kind of like the climax, not really the climax, but when uh, Rachel finally, like she's writing, but she's not sleeping. And it's like, she's actually believing that it's Rick and they go off to find whatever they're going to find. Like, I really love that, that scene and that moment. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I like the episode a lot. I think it's a good one. I I really enjoy the play between Fiona and Rachel. I mean, this is a character that's new, and we're really getting, and even though she's a new addition to the cast in this episode, we still get that sense of warmth between her and Fiona right away, and that's really well done. And I love the song. I love Love is Broken, and I love the way it's used in this episode as the soundtrack for Fiona having this confrontation with this entity and then a reunion with her father all of that works pretty well i think and i like how it builds slowly it starts out with a phenomenon like automatic writing that doesn't seem like that big of a deal and we get more and more information about the history of the show the backstory of the characters before it leads up to this big conclusion i think it's a really solid episode for sure mm -hmm. yeah I, I agree i this episode as i said has been in my top five for a while um I don't know, for, I, mostly for the ending, the the scene on the roof. I just think that the editing is really well done. And, you know, reading the original script made me appreciate the writer even more because he has all these sound cues in there for, like, when the music plays and what should, should be happening on the screen at that time. And I think that that was one of the best parts of the episode was just the timing of the music and what was happening. It made everything so emotional. And, um, I mean, I've watched this episode before and sobbed like hysterically at the ending. I'm not going to lie. It's happened. So it's just a really powerful scene. And that's why this episode stands out and is one of my favorites. Does it give you the feels, Emily? Oh, man, yeah. I even <laughs> cried the other night. And I've seen this episode, I don't even know how many times. But... I want to cry now. It's such the end of an era. And this is such a classic episode of So Weird. It has to be one of the top episodes. Because the demon really brings the aspect of the supernatural into the show. I think it's probably one of the best villains that they've had so far. 
especially because you don't see Fee going to her typical, ooh, what's this? This is cool. It's running away, screaming, who are you and why are you doing this? She's actually scared of something. And as a kid, I was one of those weird kids who liked being scared, and that's why I love this show. So I love it for that aspect. I love the song Love is Broken, and I will sob just listening to the song alone. (laughs) (laughs) Bittersweet ending. I really like how they used Molly's little power of like being able to sense things that can happen or are happening. So yeah, during her whole song, it's like she's feeling all these things of Fee, like getting pushed off a ledge. And like in the script, they said that she felt a loss all over again when Rick left. Yeah, so sad. And so she's like, she's not seeing, she doesn't really know what's going on, but she's feeling everything. And it's like, wow. Being someone in the audience, you know, if this was real, that must have been an amazing performance. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what do we think of the talk show within the talk show? All night long. And what's the guy's name? Greg Kincaid. Greg Kincaid. So in my brain, I'm assuming this is kind of like a second run talk show, sort of a Conan O'Brien. The name reminds me of, uh, uh, oh shit, what's his name? Kilborn, the dude who did the Late Late Show and the Daily Show in the first season. Craig Kilborn. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's just this, you know, that, that's just a little another tidbit of the So Weird universe. We have this talk show mm-hmm. out there. And uh, and I love that Jack Carey and Fiona are taking basically a selfie mm-hmm. with the big billboard, even though, you know, this is the time before cell phones existed. They're doing it with an actual camera. But <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. I also and- really like the way that Carrie makes fun of him by drumming the pencils at his desk on the empty set. And then later when Rachel's watching him on TV, we see him make the exact same gesture. So you get the sense of like, this guy's kind of treated like a bit of a joke by them. Oh, and there is some good uh, Jack Fiona stuff in that moment too, when he says, how now ancient Sumerian Cal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's uh, whenever Fee's talking, Jack and Carrie are acting like Carrie's the talk show host and Jack's the guest and Jack's walking up to him and shaking his hand. It's very cute. Yeah. And all that stuff is not in the original script. So I kind of wonder if that was something the actors came up with on set or the director or somebody. It's a fun little cute scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kat, what do the Molly Carrie shippers think of that briefest, thinnest wisp of an interaction the two of them have by the curtain there in this episode? Is that is that grist for the shippers? Because I feel like yes, it should it be. Is. <laughs> Her arm around him. They walk together, arms around each other. So sweet. He's calming his butterflies. <laughs> material. Uh, see, I knew it would be. I, I, I can see it now. You, you know, you've corrupted me. I can now see these this stupid thing that doesn't exist at all. <laughs> in the in the script, uh, they have a line that got cut. Them too. Yeah, a couple lines between them about schmoozing. Yeah, uh, with Derek and <laughs> I can see why Disney cut this line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Derek apparently tried to schmooze Greg Kincaid's girlfriend, which got him kicked out. So (laughs) I can see why Disney would cut that. And then Carrie had this line of he who lives by the schmooze dies by the schmooze. Yeah, it's very easy to imagine Carrie saying that in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Though apparently Rachel does think the talk show host is cute. Uh, She says that earlier that he's, uh, you know, rich and famous and that's good enough for her. Yeah. (laughs) Rich and handsome. Oh, rich and handsome. Okay, right, right. 
excuse me. Um, yeah, so are there any other fun little tidbits in this one you guys notice? Uh, one thing from the script that made me appreciate something that happened in the episode a little more was um, we hear Rick say, he, he kind of explains why he's able to become, his body's able to become transparent because that's something that didn't make sense to me as a kid is why he was able to grab the, and uh, it gives a really good explanation. It says, um, they broke the rules. This is what Rick tells Fee. They broke the rules. It wasn't my time to die. And that gives me a little power in your world. That's how I pulled you up. But I don't have much strength left. So because he was, um, you know, killed before his time, he has this power to make his body transparent and, uh, I guess, whole again for brief moments of time. And, um, Someone on the forum, Panther Vision, pointed out that this tracks with the broadcast version of Banshee. This is what he says, where Fee's grandpa was allowed to live with the implication that it was because the balance was disrupted due to Rick's death being unnatural. And he said, uh, lots of deals with devils going on in this show. So hmm. that's something I didn't realize. I thought that was a really interesting point. Oh, yeah. that is interesting, though. I understand why they cut that bit of dialogue because it feels like pretty stumbly, unnecessary exposition. I mean, in the show, I think I think even as kids, we got it. You know, he's solid when he grabs her, and picks her up, then he goes transparent. Some sort of magic hoo-ha is going on behind the scene. Though a thought that just occurred to me because Kat said family reunion earlier. You know, first episode of the Fiona season was family reunion, and now the last. A Fiona episode, for all intents and purposes, is a family reunion between her and her father. Wow. Check that out. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Everything coming full circle there. Uh, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> and <Bingo> also, card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also, I have to point out that, um, you know, Aunt Rachel... Uh, is a lawyer, so that means that she is a um, single female lawyer fighting for her client, wearing tiny miniskirts and being self-reliant, to quote Kuturama there. Um, sorry, I had to get that out there. You can cut that out. That was stupid. What's also emotional for me was like the first thing that Fee tries to do when she sees Rick is hug him, but she can't. Yeah, wasn't that a nice little touch? You know, she she's so desperate to be close to this father she never really knew, but even yeah. now she can't actually touch him. I thought that was um, a really sweet little moment that, you know, you, you maybe don't immediately notice on your first watch through. Yeah. And in the original script, they try and touch hands, but they can't. Yeah, and he does lean in and give her like a little kiss on the forehead at the end there, even mm -hmm. though he's a ghost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the one thing that bothers me is at the end where we see Rick's having his hand on Jack's shoulder. And it's like, your hand should be going through Jack, not just floating there. That annoys me. <laughs> he's using his power. No, he's not, though, because he's transparent there. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, and Jack kind of senses something. Yeah. It's a little sad that he... Uh, I don't know, that he can't see Rick, but... I yeah. guess he does in his dreams anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, like I said, it, it's a, a little bit of a, a family reunion here. And, you know, I, I think considering what was happening, it was maybe the best sort of ending we could have asked for. Yeah. Yeah. I like the line where, if, I mean, 
when you said that it was a little sloppy, just like a little bit, because there's silence sometimes between Rick and Fee. And um, Fee saying, like, what do we do now? And I feel like that's a line for the writers. Like, what what do they do now? <laughs> and we say goodbye. That's what they're going to do. And they leave. And don't write season three. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then season three just never happens, right? <laughs> yeah. See, that's from the parts that always bothered me. Where it feels so anticlimactic. Like, you go through all that trouble to meet just to say goodbye. And on one level that's frustrating because it feels like all this was for nothing but on the other level it's like they did the best they could to provide us with closure yeah yeah and with that yeah and and like i said you know as a kid i never thought like okay well this is obviously the end i thought like okay well this is obviously setting up some pretty big crazy stuff happening next season and boy was i disappointed (laughs) yeah i think the most disappointing part of it was just knowing that a couple episodes earlier, you know, Fee was so adamant about finding out more information about what was going on and following her dad's leads and everything. And in this one, it's kind of just like, well, I guess we're just going to say goodbye. It's too, it's too dark. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely a bit of a bittersweet uh, experience because on one hand, it's a pretty good episode and of itself. And there are moments to it that are satisfying, but knowing you know, what was originally planned, what this was all originally setting up, it feels incomplete. So it is sort of a a rewarding and a frustrating watch. Yeah, and I guess since I've spent so much time with this show now, it feels a little inauthentic to Fee's character. But still, I appreciate it, obviously. Like I said, I cry every time. It's it's great. (laughs) And, you know, some good uh, cry, sad acting from Kara in this episode always. You know, she's always great at that. (laughs) (laughs) so anything else you guys want to say in relation to twin i don't want this podcast episode to be over (laughs) (laughs) we've got one more fun one coming up one more fun one (laughs) yeah we're gonna do the original season three (laughs) oh yeah there's that i thought you meant lightning rod Oh, God, no, that's going to be fun because I'm going to tear that apart. (laughs) Limb from limb. Sorry. The writer of this episode was Josh Stolberg, Mm -hmm. who we talked about before, and he wrote Werewolf. Yes, it has gone on to be a semi-successful screenwriter. He's done a lot of other things of note. Um, And Pat Williams is back directing this one. He uh, directed Strangeling, Singularity, Lost, Destiny, Vampire, Transplant, and would do yet more episodes in season three. One other point I want to make is about the script we got. So at the top of the script pages, it says it's a canary replacement. So do you all know about canary traps? Not a clue what that means. Okay, because I I was wondering, what does this mean? So I actually looked it up. And um, a canary trap is a method, according to Wikipedia, is a method for exposing an information leak by giving um, several different versions of a sensitive document to each of several suspects and seeing which version gets leaked. So I'm thinking that Disney had several versions of this script, if it's a canary script in that sense. Which means that they were worried about it getting out. Like, that's what it sounds Hmm. like to me. I I know. I'm. Everyone put on your tinfoil hat. Elaborate lengths to keep good, so weird content from us. Curiouser and curiouser. 
I mean, I don't know if it was like post the episode airing or, you know, before the episode aired. They just didn't want to get it it to get out beforehand. But I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Cause I mean, I it's maybe because it was a season finale. Possibly. I mean, I can't imagine there was that much of a market for sneaking information about the show out there at the time. That's weird. Huh? I mean, it's probably just a standard thing they do for everything, Disney being Disney, but uh, it's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, but I didn't see that on the other scripts, like the script that I have. I didn't see the word canary replacement, or the term canary replacement. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So then you think elements of the script might be different? I'm not sure. I mean, it just it may just be like words, like a few words here and there. Just so they know, oh, yeah, I gave that script to so-and-so. They leaked it. Hmm. You know. If it was, could you imagine if in the real script they didn't have the you will die dialogue? Because when I was reading that, I kind of felt like I had delved into like some sort of alternate universe fan fiction type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think if, if they changed anything, it would be something in like one of the the notes, just like a word, like instead of saying behind them across the rooftop, it would say behind them across the roof or something just to kind of be really discreet. So people wouldn't know what the words were that hinted that it was your script, you know, but yeah, something to think about, you know, anytime we think we wrap up something with the show, we discover some other mystery. (laughs) Yep. Okay. So is there anything else we want to say about a twin? Nobody says anything in five minutes. All right. Oh, well, rating. Yeah, well, I was going to say, if nobody says anything in the next five seconds, we're going to ratings. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, yeah, all right, time for ratings then. I have declared it so. Uh, I would give this one an 8 out of 10. I'm going to give this one a 10 out of 10. Ooh. I would, a... I would watch it I all the time. Dropping a perfect score. <laughs> I think I did that for Strange Geometry. <laughs> so... This is my other one. I agree. 10 out of 10. You have to. Uh, I still reserve my 10 out of 10 just for Rebecca. <laughs> this one gets two thumbs up. Uh, yeah, I think Rick's line about the having memories of him now just <laughs> takes me out of the moment for a second. <laughs> it's like, they're just such terrible memories. It's great. I don't give out 10 out of 10s for anything. So, uh, you know, like a nine is the best thing it could have hoped for. And I, even then, I wouldn't say this episode is a nine out of 10. It's pretty good. But knowing what we know about the backstory, it is, it just, it feels a little incomplete in my eyes. But it's still a really good one for sure. I like this one a lot. It's probably in my top 10. I'd have to, I have a list somewhere where I wrote that down, but I (laughs) have to double check to be sure. But I like it. Okay, so is that the final word on season two of So Weird? Are we have we wrapped up everything we want to say about this second season of this television show the podcast is devoted to? I'm gonna cry because it's over. <laughs> <laughs> no idea how much I love these first two seasons. Yeah, yeah, the sad part is we're done reviewing the first two, but anyone wondering, the podcast is not over. Oh, yeah. And we still have uh, interesting, cool things to look forward to, such as uh, interviews with cast and crew. Fingers crossed on those interviews. Hopefully we can make one of those happen someday. Uh, Yes. And, uh, yeah, you know, and we are going to be talking about season three, but, yeah. But next episode, we will be talking about the season three that was planned. 
Yes. So that's exciting. Very exciting. Yes, we were. Yeah. I mean, it feels a little redundant because we've been talking about it all throughout season <laughs> two. But uh. yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of information we have. Like we have mm-hmm. episode synopses for a bunch of episodes that we can unpack. Yeah. And I think um, we would also, you know, use an opportunity to talk about like maybe what we would, you know, our ideal, our ideal season three in our heads. That might that's something we discuss as a possibility as well. So are we ready to move on to the So Weird Feedback Corner? Do we have any? Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> we don't have any. Do we have well, anything you know, else to talk about? <laughs> sometimes we get feedback on older episodes all the time. You never know. Uh. Yeah. Oh, uh, Disney Channel is launching a new television show uh, on their, actually, I guess it's Cartoon Disney or whatever it's called, uh, that is called The Owl House, which is a horror comedy about a teenage human girl who stumbles upon a portal to the demon realm. And I'm like, why don't you give us so weird first? (laughs) Well, and this, uh, I I read a little about this. Um, Some of the people who are involved with gravity falls are involved with this new show, right? Yeah, I believe so. So, well, you know, and, and gravity falls had some vague thematic similarities with so weird, you know, just about kids investigating weird stuff. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be great. I, I enjoyed Gravity or yeah, Gravity Falls. So As I'm did sure I. Really good. Yeah, it looks cool from what I've seen of it. I'll be giving it a look for sure. Yeah, it's just funny because you know Fee was going to go to a different dimension or hell or whatever to to rescue Rick, and then there's this new Disney show about a girl going to a demon realm, and I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, there is a fascination with kids in that age group and the supernatural. I mean, it's, it was true when so weird started. It's still true now, clearly. Yeah. I guess when you get to that age, you just start having questions about the universe, but they have to keep it as cartoons now with comedy. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of a, an issue I have, you know, unless a, it's very rare these days that we get an original action cartoon, unless, you know, if it isn't based off of a comic book or a movie, it's very rare we get just a standalone action cartoon these days, um, which is, I guess, just the nature of the beast. You know, all our original animation properties are comedy for the most part. Um, it's a little frustrating for me, you know. Yeah. So, is that it? Are we we putting uh, the stamp on this forever? <laughs> I'm sad. Well, <laughs> as Rick says... Or as he said in this episode, thank you for always believing. <laughs> but that that would be better for the, the actual end of the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you for always believing. <laughs> and keeping the faith. Yeah. All right. So we're ready to sign off. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, this has been the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. And thank you for always believing. (laughs) (laughs) And now you have memories of So Weird (laughs) 2. The power is yours. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm stopping it now.
stranger brushed against us His face was all in shadow A shiver ran right down my spine I pulled your arm through mine I shut my eyes but still could see The night I whispered tenderly Your breath is still on my lips Your touch is on my fingertips Tears are still on my cheek Your voice still makes me weak Gifts I will never give you Lives I will never live with you Words that will never be spoken Turning off 